This is the sermon of the AFM Impact Christian Center in Madrid. For more information, contact us on www.afmimpact.org or email us on info at afmimpact.org. We'd like to hear from you. So good to be with you this morning. I'm going to, last week I spoke to you about um, uh, reasons to endure during discouraging times. I said this week I'll continue with Hebrews chapter 12 verses 2. Um, so most of you, as most of you have noticed who's been with us for a while in church, is that, that a lot of our sermons we preach at the, at the central, during this time, at a central theme of encouraging people during this time. And uh, the reason for this is that, that, that while the world focuses on happy times and getting gifts and, 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 and celebrating and, and having nice times, there's believers and non-believers out there whom have gone or who are going through a sad time during this season. And we also have to think of them as well. Maybe some of you are sitting here. Maybe you know someone. We only have to look at the news to see how people have lost lives during this time. How people have lost loved ones during this time. How businesses have closed down during this time. How people have lost their sources of income. How people have lost things during this time. People taking their own lives during this time. We see petrol tankers exploding and lives are being lost and people going to hospital during this time. On social media, we, we are bombarded with people asking. We see this on, 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 on community groups with people asking for money or money for electricity or money for this or just some food or some clothes or, or some form of support during this time that is supposed to be a time of celebration. That is supposed to be a time where we should be celebrating Jesus coming to the earth, dying, rose again and going back to heaven. But for many people, even though they know it and they appreciate it, they simply struggle to, to endure during this time. And so if you're sitting here this morning and you are one of the fortunate few uh, who are not experiencing a crisis during this time, this sermon is still relevant for you as you will now be equipped to encourage someone else going through a troublesome time. You will now have the words to encourage that person going through troublesome time. But I want to encourage you to not just send the sermon to them and say, listen to the sermon. I want to encourage you to make this your own. Because even in your life, you have a testimony, you have a track record of God coming through for you at number 99 and change your situation. So make the sermon your own and encourage people with testimonies of the goodness of God so that they can draw near to Christ even in times of despair. So that they can see the goodness of God even in times of despair. So that even in death, in death of a family member, they will still be able to see the goodness of God through it all. Hallelujah. So last week's sermon title was Reasons to Endure during uh, discouraging times. And I don't know if you realized it, but I did not bring Christ into the sermon as I normally do. I kept him out on purpose because I would like to lay the foundation um, of the passage last week, which was Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And this week we'll talk about the reason to endure during discouraging times. So if you have your Bibles here, you can open it up to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. If you have it, it will also be on the back of the screen here. 
as for us, we have all these great witnesses. I'm reading from, verses, from verse 1 just to give you again some context for those of you who weren't here last week. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run, the, uh, run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has been already marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own soul so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressure. After all, you have not yet reached the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin. May God bless His word and write it on the tables of our hearts. There's one reason to endure during discouraging times. And his name is Jesus Christ. Born in a manger. He walked on the earth. The king of kings and the ruler of the world, of the universe. He walked on this earth as if he was one of us. Went through the same things, experienced the same pain, experienced the same disappointment. And yet he died in our place. And that is the only reason. He is the only reason that we can endure. And I'm going to explain to you why I'm saying so. So firstly, the author of this passage instructs us and he says, he says, look to Jesus. Don't look around to anyone else. He says, yes, we've got the great cloud of witnesses encouraging us that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11 and throughout the Bible, this great cloud of witnesses that encourages us on, on, on what to do and how to do it and how to behave. But he says, straight look to Jesus. Some translation says, Fix your eyes on Jesus. In other words, don't look left. Don't look right. Don't look forward. Don't look backward. Just fix your eyes on Jesus. Let Him become your focus. Let Him become your inspiration. Let Him become your example. Even during this time, looking to Jesus in this context means that we forget about everything else and we gaze at Him. We fix our gaze onto Jesus Christ not on the markets of the world, not on the economy of South Africa, not on the, 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 the political climate or the party that you support in South Africa or wherever you are from, but we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. Two reasons um, um, uh, we, we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. I'm reminded of, and I've seen it many times, when school when the schools have athletics, even our school here on the property have, have athletics. And I would watch many times that, that, that the parents of the children would either run next to their children, next to the pitch as they do the 100 meter dash, or they would stand at the finish line while the child is doing the 100 meter dash. And, and in both cases, they would make sure they scream the loudest of all the parents on the field. You would hear many Sunday mornings people can't sing because their voices are gone. 
then you know they've, they've been to the athletics encouraging their children. So they would make sure that they scream the loudest and they show the most enthusiasm while running the race next to their child or waiting for their child at the finish line. Two reasons I have seen in my life why parents do that. I haven't spoken to any parent. That's just what I assume and from experience from my own parents. Is that the first reason is to help their grade one child stay focused on the race. So they would scream the loudest and always say, go, go, go. You can do it. You can do it. To help their child stay focused on the race. Because at that tender young age, when, 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 when this child sees their friends running faster than they, and, and, and they see they are losing the race, they become discouraged easily. And completely just give up on finishing the race. The second reason why parents do that is that parents, that in the mind of parents, it is that if, 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 that if, if my child can only focus on my voice and focus on where I am standing, they'll be able to not lose sight of the, of the goal at hand, and that is to cross the finish line as fast as they can. Whether they are running next to them or on the sidelines or standing at the finish line, they might forget that they are competing and getting tired and running against other children and they will lose their focus. And the, the, now when the parent screams, they only have to focus on them, on their voice, on their words of encouragement. And that's why the same principle Jesus adds in the Bible, that's why we look to Jesus. That's why the author says, look to Jesus. We forget about the other kids we are competing with. We forget about the other children of God that, we are running along in the race because we are going through a difficult time in the race. We, we forget about anything and everything else. All the music playing around us, all the voices of the world, the voice of the world saying this, this one saying that. We forget about these things and we focus on Jesus. We look to Him as the author and the finisher of our faith. We focus on Him where He is. We run towards that so that we can finish this race successfully may during this season of celebration of our king's birth may it remind us to forget about everything and everyone else and just focus on jesus christ but there's another reason why the author says to look to jesus and and, and i will explain to you so he, he starts off he says look to jesus and then he starts explaining in the passage why we need to look to Jesus. Why we need to focus on Jesus. Why we need to focus on His voice. Why we need to forget about everything around us. And he says, because He is the author and the finisher of our faith. That's why we look to Him. And I'll explain to you now why He is. Now, according to Google, you will see them putting it up now. An author is the person who originated or gave existence to anything. That is an author, according to Google. He is a, it's right here at the bottom. An author is a person who originated or gave existence to anything and whose authorship determines responsibility for what was created. Now, Jesus is the author of our faith. All right? Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 to 17 says this. He says, For in him was created the universe of things both in the heavenly realm and on earth, 
all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, every realm of government, every principality and authority, it all exists through Him and for His purpose. He existed before anything was made and now everything finds their completion in Him. Colossians, Paul is talking about Jesus Christ here in Colossians. That he's basically saying that nothing can exist without Jesus. No one can exist, not even your faith. You will hear many times the world tells you, just believe, man. Things will work out. Just believe. But they would never say what you need to believe in. And so if you just believe and you don't believe in a person or in Jesus Christ, it's like punching in the air. You are just tiring yourself out. And that's not what Christ means. Now, the Collins Dictionary says that a finisher, so Jesus is the author. And he's also the finisher. But the, the Collins Dictionary says that a finisher is a craftsman who carries out the final tasks in the manufacturing process. That is who a finisher is. You can show the next slide on there um, about the, the, the webpage that we have there. So he's the author and the finisher. So it's a craftsman who carries out the final tasks in the manufacturing process. So, so, so Jesus, I, I, I need you to understand this, that you cannot have faith without Jesus. It is impossible to believe without Jesus. You cannot have faith without Jesus Christ. So he's the author. He's the person who originated or gave existence and has a responsibility to our faith. And Jesus is the one who completes our faith. So we start believing in Him and we complete our belief in Him. Only He can do it. No one else can do it. He completes the final task in the manufacturing process of our faith. That is who Jesus is when He's the author and the finisher. Jesus is both the parent that runs next to you Towards the, finish, towards the finish line. He's both the one that runs next to you and he's both the one that stands at the finish line. Shouting and cheering you on so that you can forget about anything and everything else and just focus on him and his voice while completing this race so that you may finish what you've started. Another reason why we only look to Jesus is this. He talks about, he says, because for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus did not regard the cross itself as a joy, but he, he could look past the horror of the cross to enjoy, to the joy beyond it. The same mentality would, be, would, would enable these Jewish Christians to endure. Jesus was able to endure the cross because he gave him joy at the fact that he will now, after the cross, reconcile us. Back to himself. He was able to enjoy, in, endure and enjoy the death of the cross. And in the same sense, I want to say that even though you are going through a troublesome time, maybe in the future, maybe now, endure the cross that's on your way because it will bring you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. It will help you get to know Him better. It will help you understand who Christ is better. Sometimes God doesn't take away the pain. Sometimes He doesn't take away the trouble. 
Sometimes He takes your hand and He walks with you through the trouble because He wants you to get to know who He is. He wants to draw you closer to Him because He desires to walk in an intimate relationship with you regardless of whether you are a man or a woman. And that's why Jesus was able to endure and it gave Him joy because it reconciled us to Him. Knowing all the good that would flow from the agonizing experience, Jesus was able to endure it and triumph in it. The ordeal of the cross. Jesus kept his tongue when he could speak many things. By following his example, we too can keep our tongues. Jesus kept the course while running the race. And by following his example, we too can keep the course. Jesus kept his progress. By following his example, we can also keep the progress in our walk with the Lord. Jesus kept his joy. He didn't allow that his circumstances and his situations would, would steal his joy. And by following his example, we can also uh, keep our joy no matter what we are going through in life. He will give us peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus kept his love. And by following his love, we too can keep our love, not only for one another, but our love for God as well. <coughs> Excuse me. This is the cross we have to endure to remain in Jesus' example when we are going through our crucifixion experience. And let me tell you something, each one of us will go through a crucifixion experience, whether you, whether you give your whole salary as a tithe, whether you don't tithe at all, whether you are involved in church, whether you are not involved in church, whether you know Christ or you don't know Christ, we will all go through a crucifixion experience and it is important rather to make the decision today that say whenever I have faith, if I should have faith and I should believe in something, let it be in the person of Jesus Christ and not in what the world tells me just have faith faith in what that the universe would work things out we don't deal with the universe we deal directly with the maker of the universe hallelujah fourthly another reason why we gaze our eyes on Jesus why we look to Jesus is because we have not yet resisted to bloodshed our striving against sin None of us has resisted sin so far that we've bleeded from that. In, in the context of this passage, the Jewish Christians were so discouraged because they started to experience significant social and economic persecution, yet not yet at the shedding of their blood. So what was happening was when they started persecuting the Christians, at that stage they, 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 they didn't want to do business with Christians and didn't want to do anything to do with Christians, they were almost outcasts because they followed a man named Jesus Christ. And so, and so he's encouraging the writer, he's encouraging us. He says, we have not yet resisted against sin so much that it made us bleed physically. We remember that Jesus wrestled in hard in the garden of Gethsemane before the crucifixion, that his sweat literally turned into blood. We have not yet been to that place in our lives. But I know of stories and of Christians, even in the modern day, in other countries, who have yet resisted against sin, against the people who does not know God, so much so that their lives, they paid with their lives for it. In South Africa, we are comfortable to a certain extent. But if we would really walk with Jesus, and if we really follow Jesus in the truest sense of who He is, then we will start experiencing persecution. But then Jesus said, Blessed is are you who experience persecution for my name's sake. 
And so we should count the joy when it happens. We count the joy when our family rejects us because of our faith and our relationship with Jesus. Because then we know actually we are in the realest sense we are blessed. We count the joy. It's not a nice thing to hear, but we count the joy because our joy does not come from things of the earth. Our joy comes from Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. The one in whom our faith starts and the one in whom our faith finishes. I want to conclude. I want to read further for you from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3 to 13. And I will conclude with that. He says, he, con he continues, he says, So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who, oppressed their, who opposed their own souls so that you won't come, become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. After all, you have not yet reached the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin and have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as children. He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when He draws you to Himself, when He draws you to Himself, it proves that you are His delightful child. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For He is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected. We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. In other words, we are authentically God's children if He disciplines us, if we allow that. For if we have never once endured His correction, it only proves that we are strangers and not sons, children of God. And isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers even though they corrected and disciplined us? Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life-giving discipline. Our parents corrected us for, a short, for the short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them. But God corrects us throughout our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share in His holiness. That's why He corrects us. To help us become more holy. Now, all discipline seems to be painful at the time. Yet later it will produce a transformation of character. Bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. So be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship. And strengthen your weak knees. For as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. May God bless you. May God bless you as you celebrate Christmas. As you go home, meditate on these things. It's an opportune time for you to think through God's discipline and why when we go through times of discipline, we only focus and look to Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
Lord, I don't know what each and every person is going through during this time. But Father, we pray that we would be a people that embrace your discipline. We'd be a people that focus on you. We'd be a people that, that run with you. That, that when we run the race, you are both next to us. And you are also at the finishing line cheering us on, shouting, screaming the loudest. For your word says that my sheep shall know my voice and strangers they do not follow. And we pray that we would be a people, a sheep that knows your voice. Amongst even when the noise of the world shouts at us, Lord, you, we would recognize your voice amongst all the other voices. Father, we thank you for that. Father, we bless your name. And as we celebrate Christmas, may your Holy Spirit remind us that you draw us near to you by discipline. That you hold us close to you by discipline. I pray for those who do not know you yet as the Lord and Savior. Lord, may you reveal yourself to them as their Lord and Savior. May they accept you. Prepare their hearts, Lord. On this Christmas day, as we celebrate your coming to the earth, in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen.